to the podcast Biblical Question. We are excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and that you as a listener would be edified. For more information about us, I would please encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find out more information about us. Uh, We have a statement of faith there, uh, a way of contacting us uh, with your questions, uh, your Bible questions, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to answer some questions that did come in, and we will uh, address those in just a moment. If you have a Bible, please, I would encourage you to grab it and follow along. I uh, believe that everybody should be following along in a Bible, no matter who you listen to uh, teach and preach about God's Word. We also uh, want to let the uh, church that is persecuted and some countries that we do have listeners in that we pray for you each and every day. We worry about you. Uh, We trust that God is somehow uh, working his plan and that uh, you have the uh, safety and the protection from God and that only that he can provide. But we also pray for all of our listeners. And so we ask that you please pray for us in return that this podcast would continue to grow, uh, stay in truth. We are not always politically correct. We know that uh, we want to be biblically correct. And that is our challenge and our goal each and every time that we record one of these podcasts. Uh, as we research out the questions, as we do Bible studies and, and sermons. And so please pray for us. And if you have a Bible question, you can uh, submit it through the Contact Us page there as well. Uh, you can uh, email us at biblicalquestion at juno.com as well. I know I don't give out the email address very much because if you go to the web page, it sends it to that email address anyhow. And so please make sure you put something in the subject line to grab our attention that you have a Bible question and we would uh, catch it a lot quicker and easier. Uh, we get uh, just so much spam and advertisements, whatever you want to call it. And, and so we have to weed through some of that stuff, and we just hope pray that we have not missed your email. So we're asking you to please do that. We ask also that you please tell your friends and family about us if you enjoy us and have been edified, you've learned something about God, and you know other people who would enjoy uh, the same benefit as you, uh, please tell them about us. And make sure you hit that like button and follow us. Uh, on our webpage, we have several different links there to our social media account. Uh, Facebook does occasionally take things down that we publish. And so we are slowly trying to get uh, wing ourselves off of Facebook I realize that that is the powerhouse in social media, but they are not Christian friendly at all. And so we are moving toward MeWe.com, and we have a page there as well. In fact, on MeWe.com, we put out a weekly prayer request for a certain nation that is under persecution, uh, something going on in the government uh, process that could influence the church. And so we're trying really hard to, uh, as a prayer group, we know we have prayer warriors who listen to us. And so we're, we're really trying very hard to encourage people uh, to follow us there 
as well and we're putting more and more things on MeWe and a lot less things on Facebook. We have a standalone Facebook page, uh, same name, Biblical Question, and uh, you can follow us there. Uh, we do have a, a handful of people that follow us there. We're on LinkedIn. We, that's where most of the people follow us. I find that interesting, but that's great. And so, anyhow, uh, please pray for the podcast as we uh, are always facing challenges of, of time and the economics of, of paying for the broadcast. Uh, while they're not real high, they are still there. We are self-supporting uh, for the most part, but we do get people that do help us, and they send money, and we thank God for that, and we certainly hope uh, that our... Uh, Lafayette uh, group would continue to do that. We are certainly thankful for that. Uh, we have little things that come up. We, you know, we needed new headphones and we couldn't find or afford new ones. So uh, God sent some money through these supporters and we're able to buy uh, refurbished headphones so we can record and continue to do the podcast. So God does take care of us. Uh, he does so through listeners. We are not supported by any denomination, uh, any church group. In fact, we claim just to be Christian here and trying our utter best to follow God's Word and live that out. Uh, being a Christian is not easy. It takes uh, some of the terms that we might use here. It takes grit, it takes sand, it takes courage. Uh, there might be different ways of wording that around the world. And so I know we have many people whose uh, first language is not English. So I try very hard not to use slang. Uh, my wife's uh, first language is not English. And so uh, because of her as well, I've tried very hard to avoid slang or uh, other terms that maybe only us in the United States or the Western world might understand. So enough of that. Again, I want to thank you for listening and tuning in. And we do have some questions that did come in. And uh, the first one I would please ask you to follow along in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. And this uh, comes from, the listener just says they're from San Francisco, California. And, and so we actually have a handful of people in that uh, city that do listen. And the question is, does God control the weather? Does God control the weather? Well, the short answer is, yes, he does. But let's look at what the Bible says to back up that short answer. I think that's very important. Uh, again, anybody you listen to, uh, follow along on podcasts or churches or whatever, uh, if you can't find it in the Bible, what they're trying to back up their statement, I would be... Uh, a little cautious of that myself. At Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, it says, On that day, when evening came, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with him in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there was uh, arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Verse 38. Jesus himself was asleep in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, 
Do you not care? We are perishing? Verse 39. And he got up, and he rebuked the wind and the sea, and he said, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So here we have, you know, Peter and his, and his other colleagues. Uh, there are several fishermen here. These guys were professional fishermen. They're, they would know this lake. They grew up on this lake. They had been out on this lake many, many times prior to this. I'm sure they were out in cotton storms before. But this storm really uh, frightened them. They, they were really scared they are going to die. But notice here, Jesus is very calm about this. He's asleep. He's not worried about the, the storm, apparently. But it also tells me that Jesus was probably in his... He is God, and he's, he's man. And I don't completely understand all that. I just know that the Bible teaches that. In all the preaching and teaching and the traveling that Jesus has done, uh, dealing with large crowds and everything... He's also very tired, and he's so tired perhaps that uh, he doesn't really uh, worry about the storm at all. Maybe he doesn't even notice uh, the storm. The text doesn't say that, and so I'm I'm inserting some things uh, in my mind trying to understand why Jesus didn't wake up uh, this storm was so bad. But here we have Jesus, God in the flesh. He is the creator of, of all things. And apparently he does control the weather. This storm stops at his command. And so we can also read where God sent a storm in the book of Jonah in the first chapter there, verses 4 through 13. Again, these men also were professional uh, sailors. And so God sent this storm. And these men are really, they're just deathly afraid, so much as so that they're throwing their cargo overboard to, to keep from sinking. The boat's apparently taking on uh, water, and they do not want uh, to drown. Then in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 35 and 36, says, The heavens are shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against you, referring uh, the sin against God. Uh, Amos chapter 4, verse 7 I think this is a very interesting verse. Rain, rain given or withheld from certain cities by God. Again, so God apparently allows the rain to fall and, and, he, and he stops the rain from falling. God apparently is in control of the weather. And I know that's not really politically correct or, uh, with this uh, new green deals and uh, global warming and climate change and so on. They're crediting it all as to man. And my only question to that is, and I never really get a clear answer uh, from the folks who want to throw me that curveball, would be how can man control the weather if God is controlling the weather? Now, that doesn't say that we should not want clean air to breathe. It shouldn't say that we don't want clean water to drink and so on. That's just being a good steward of what God has blessed us with. Uh, but at the end of the day, if God created 
all things. He is all-knowing. He, he is not bound by time. He would know at some point man is going to create jet planes, the combustion engine. Uh, we were going to have modern-day type uh, heating and air conditioning in our buildings and our homes and so on that uh, these folks like to claim is causing the temperatures to rise and the seas to rise and so on and so forth. But God has allowed, I think, natural uh, cycles of the earth. I mean, we, we had an ice age. Nobody argues that. We, at one time, had an ice age. And so uh, we need to keep that in mind, too. And then global, I mean, a global rainstorm, plus the, the eruption of fountains of the great deep, all humans on earth were killed at one time here by, excuse me, by a divine flood of judgment. And that we would find in Genesis uh, chapter 5, verses 9 through 19. And I'm not going to read all of that. But that has to do with Noah and the ark. I mean, here God sent a, a storm, a rain, so powerful it covered the entire planet uh, with with water. And so I know some people believe that that was only a, a flood just of the area that Noah lived in. I, I guess if you want to believe that, it's okay. Uh, but... Uh, I really believe it covered the entire earth. And I know there's arguments, there's not enough water on the earth to do that. But we don't realize uh, how deep the Indian Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, those oceans are just massive and they are deep. And the earth is already covered by two-thirds water. We had no idea before the Great Flood uh, how deep those oceans were. Uh, and so on. I mean, there's water all around us uh, in the sky. Uh, it's it just everywhere. So, it, to me, it is not that hard or difficult uh, to accept that there was a flood that was big enough to drown uh, everything and everyone. Uh, and here, again, more about God's in control of things we can find here, I'm just going to reference some of these here, uh, droughts, phantoms, and judgments kind of all go hand in hand in the Old Testament, uh, Leviticus 26, verses 19 and 20, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, 13 through 15, 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1, would lead us to believe that, uh, Hosea chapter 13, verse 15, Zechariah chapter 14 verse 17. So again, everyone that I get in these little conversations with would all say that this is nothing more than an Old Testament God. Well, we need to stop right there, first of all. God has not changed his view at all. He is the same God, what, no matter what time frame that this uh, people lived in and so he is who he is he cannot change and so uh, storms floods and, and earthquakes are indeed part of life here on earth they have always been around um, and so um, 
that is, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, this is the sign of end of times. Well, the, the end days, Peter says in Acts chapter 2, began from the day of Pentecost, the latter days. So, is Jesus coming again? Absolutely. And we need to be prepared for that day. He will return, and he will judge the living and the dead. And on that day, there will be great rewards of welcome into paradise, and there will be your reward of eternal damnation. So we need to certainly remember that and understand that. We like to call them natural disasters. But, you know, these, these events uh, don't surprise God. And so, yes, God certainly does control the weather. He has sent deadly storms throughout history. And, you know, as we're uh, looking back here a few weeks back, you know, we had this hurricane that came up through New Orleans. And, again, I know some people want to, don't want to believe that God is in control of those things, but he is. Even if he doesn't stop the storm, he's allowed it to happen. He's in control. That he could have made it to just die out in the sea, which a lot of hurricanes, tropical depressions, typhoons, uh, they're called different things, but God does control those things. And he's used those type of things throughout the history of man to get them to wake up and repent and turn to God. And so we in this world have become more and more paganism uh, type world. We are not uh, a Christian nation in the United States any longer. That's a personal opinion. Uh, everybody seems to be wanting to live their own life. It's called secular humanism, and that is a very deep subject. But it has everything to do with rejecting the one true God. Now, notice this statement here, and you can agree or disagree, and that, that is certainly your privilege. I cannot find any place in the Bible, whether it's New Testament, Old Testament, where God has stopped his personal interaction with his creation, with that being mankind. Okay? The only promise that I can find when it comes to weather is a rainbow. And that you can find at the end of Genesis, uh, of the flood, where God makes his covenant, his promise with Noah that he will never flood the entire earth ever again. And that promise is with a rainbow. And has there been floods since the days of Noah? Well, of course uh, there has been, but not on a global scale. Okay, so God has fulfilled that promise. He has not broken his promise. Again, I, I can't find any place, nowhere, in the New Testament or the Old Testament where God has stopped controlling the weather for his purposes. And so, uh, I know some people, and we've kind of had these discussions in the past with other people off the podcast, where, you know, we... Uh, seed clouds and you know trying to make it rain in certain parts or whatever now we can manipulate anything except light and that is God no matter what we do with all of our other natural resources uh, we can manipulate to a, to a degree 
but light no matter what you we can bend it it's still light uh, we can cover it up but inside there uh, that cover light is still there no matter what light is there I find that interesting and so we yes God sends the rain and it, you know we have a lot of people who listen who are farmers and I know a lot of those guys uh, over the years being a, a pulpit minister in places uh, that were very rural they would ask in, in our worship services at, at prayer time please send rain for our crops okay this is not an unusual request uh, from these folks around the world farmers need rain to have their crops grow and so I find it interesting that sometimes we're praying for rain in the past we really need it we're currently in a drought where we're at I mean the cracks in the ground are so big to uh, fall in some of those uh, they're not that big but uh, the point is uh, the ground is oh, it is so dry it's opening up we need rain bad and so if we don't believe in the power of prayer why are we praying for rain why are we asking for rain and somebody will argue well you know what it will rain eventually well that might be a true statement but if you look back in the book of first kings turn there with me first kings chapter 17 and starting down here uh, at verse 2 it says the word of the lord came to him saying go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself in the brook which is east of the jordan it shall be that you will drink of the brook and I have commanded the raven to provide you uh, there and it keeps going back here uh, I, I stand surely there shall neither be a dew but now that is dry if there's not a dew nor rain these years except by my word that's actually in verse 1 I should have read that first sorry about that and so um, if you keep reading uh, the ravens brought uh, this prophet uh, bread and meat in the morning and evening he would drink from the brook so God provided for his prophet water okay but it happened that the brook would dry up because there had been no rain in the land in verse 7 then the word came to him saying arise and go to Sidon and stay there behold, behold I have commanded a widow there to provide for you so he arose and he goes okay and I'm kind of paraphrasing over this that you keep reading all this and this widow uh, does provide and we know how many years does it go on that God uh, doesn't allow this rain to go it's quite a few read the text yourself I, I really want to encourage you to read it and so why did God stop the rain well that's because everybody was worshiping false gods they were not worshiping the one true God that they knew they should be worshiping and so this is part of those uh, history of the Israel when God told them in the days of Moses hey if it's not if you're not getting any rain 
your crops are dying, they're drying out, perhaps you need to stop and reflect uh, what sin is going on in your world. Now notice here in 1 Kings 18, says, uh, He said to them, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed Baals. Okay, so that's the reason that all these years there has not been a single drop of rain, not even a dew. And now then send and gather me all at Israel at Mount Carmel together, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who, have, who eat at Jezebel's table. And so they all meet there. They're in the middle of this drought, and these 450 prophets uh, are also there. And there becomes this big showdown between uh, the one prophet and 450 uh, of these uh, prophets, so-called prophets, from uh, the false god. And so they go through this idea uh, of an offering. They make their altars. They have slaughtered their their offering. And the God is supposed to wake up these bales and 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 whatever. They're supposed to be this God's supposed to wake up and light the fire. And. and well, I say, he's going to poke fun at these guys. I mean, it's, oh, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe you need to yell a little louder and wake him up. Maybe he's on vacation, you know, type thing. And these guys dance, and they sing louder, and they cut themselves. And, you know, it's kind of almost humorous uh, how Elisha's just making fun of these guys. And then, when it comes Elisha's turn, in the middle of a drought, he asks for water, and he will cover... Uh, the wood with water. And he will say, uh, you know, the God of heaven will light this fire. And sure enough, God lights the fire and accepts uh, this sacrifice. And so, uh, Elisha's prayer, you can find that here in uh, 1 Kings 18, starting in uh, 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 36. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elisha and the prophets came near O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel today, let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And I have done all these things at your word. And, we, and it goes on down and he starts talking here. Uh, the fire fell, the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust uh, licked up all the water that was in this trench. That's how much water Elisha had sitting around this offering. And when the people saw it, verse 39, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Then Elisha said to them, Seize those prophets of Baal and do not let them escape. So they seized them and Elisha brought them down and he killed them. Okay, so uh, next you notice uh, verse 41, Elisha said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of roar of a heavy shower. And here comes the rain. Okay, so, yes, God controls the weather. The, you know, I find it interesting, the local news uh, on the weather, which I rarely watch anymore, 
but uh, trying to watch the weather they cannot even predict sometimes the weather for 24 hours you know something will happen and change it and yet we have people in the world who are predicting uh, Jesus is going to appear anytime soon uh, some people have actually given a date and time in the past when Jesus is going to appear if we can't predict the weather for the next 24 hours how in the world are we going to predict when Jesus is returning and the answer is we cannot we know it's going to happen Jesus will return absolutely and we need to understand as Christians God is in control of everything even allowing us to have free will to follow him and obey him or not to follow or obey that is still in control because God could take all that away and just make us robots and so uh, bear in mind God is in control of everything in the entire universe he controls it he is the creator he keeps everything flowing together I reference a lot of verses in this podcast please I encourage you to to open the Bible up, make those notes, and go read those uh, verses in Deuteronomy. I mean, that will grab your attention. And so do I Do I think God controls the weather? The answer is yes. The Bible says so, multiple places. Does he use the weather for his benefit uh, to get people to wake up, repent, stop sinning? Yes. The Bible uh, says so. We read uh, an example there out of 1 Kings. Absolutely. Can he stop storms? Yes. We read where Jesus does, does so on uh, the Lake of Galilee. And so God has always controlled, is in control, will always be in control of all things, including the weather. I want to thank the person from uh, San Francisco for asking this question. I think that was a, a good question one that we don't talk a lot about in Christian circles. And, you know, I continually get emails from different people. Uh, the email addresses are different, so I am operating off of that assumption that it is more than one person. Uh, we've received, over the last two years of this podcast, I don't know, three, four dozen, at least, uh, emails of the Cannot Find a Congregation that is worshiping, studying the entire Word of God. It's more of a social club. It's, uh, it's just sad. And I know that I, my wife and I struggle with this over the years. And this was has caused me problems, I guess, in some uh, groups, uh, places that I have preached. And I know I have listeners uh, from those, other, those congregations where I have been in the past. And they would agree, you know, it is a social club, country club, uh, and really worshiping and studying uh, God's Word is almost an afterthought. Uh, and so, if you're, if you're going to a place, and it's, and it's just a social club, country club, uh, I'm trying to think of different terms that we could use, but find a church that is truly seeking God, wants to worship Him, glorify Him, uh, they're they're looking to bring other people in. Uh, you know, I've been in some groups too where if uh, they didn't look and smell just like them, they rejected them. P 
people having a checklist at the door. Uh, boy, you've done these sins. You can never be saved. You just need to go have fun and live in the world because you're going to hell no matter what you do. Get away from those groups. Uh, any group that stands on our own says we're the only ones in town going to heaven. We're the only ones worshiping in truth and spirit and truth. Uh, those are yellow flags for me. And so I don't believe in necessarily one denomination over the other. I just believe being Christian, worshiping God in spirit and truth, seeking his word, and not being hung up on just one topic of premillennialism or baptism or the list can go on and on or we only study uh, one certain book or we only study one chapter or the the entire word of god is so rich and there's just the more i read it and study it and, and getting some of these questions in and the questions i've gotten over the years of 25 years of ministry in different places around the world it's amazing what's in the bible if you want to take the time out and search for it. And that's not always easy to do, to find those answers to those questions. It takes an effort. And it took an effort for Jesus, too, I think. You know, he won't go to the cross. Uh, he had that willingness, to, that desire, uh, maybe would be better words, uh, to die for you and me, to shed his blood for you and me, so that we could have eternal life. There is nothing in this flesh that is good. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a pastor, preacher, a cardinal, whatever you want to call yourself. There is nothing good about the human race. We are sinful people, and we have fallen way short of God's glory. And the only way and the only bridge, the only connection to God and to eternal life with Him is through Christ, period. And that is what we're trying very hard to do is study the complete Word of God. We try very hard to bring out podcasts that has the complete Word of God. Not just one topic, not just one chapter, not just our favorite verse. And so it is a rich, deep, wonderful love story from God. That He is all-powerful. He is in control of all things. Whether we understand it or see it, that that's another topic for another day because we probably will not grab and understand everything and so there is living by faith uh, there are absolutes in the bible and so uh, there are things also that are could be just a matters of opinion the absolute is god is god he is the judge he came to earth he he, he was born of a virgin he lived a perfect life he he was persecuted. He delivered a message of hope for all of us, so much so uh, that he was willing to give up his life and shed his blood so that, we, again, you and I could have eternal life. To prove that he's God and has power over death, he walked out of that grave three days later and presented himself to believers of over 500 at the end of Luke, if you don't believe me, you want to read that, there you can find that. And so, again, there's evidence all around us. There is a creator God. I find it very resentful. Anybody would say, I crawled out of a sea 10 billion years ago, and I evolved from an ape. Uh, we just have uh, 
this coincidence that some of these prehistoric men, as we like to call them, were not really human. Uh, I, I don't believe any of that. I believe there is a beginning. God created Adam and Eve. We don't know how long people were in the garden. God created a paradise, a, a perfect weather. Uh, I mean, Adam and Eve are running around with no clothes on. Now, they didn't know that they were naked. There was nothing shameful about any of that. Apparently, the climate was a perfect climate. You did not need a winter coat, socks on your feet, you, and, and so on. And so, God wants that perfect uh, oasis for us. Mankind that cannot create this utopia. We just can't. We are falling, a fallen uh, creation of God. We are sinful. Anyway, that's a little off the subject. So, Thank you for listening. I really appreciate our listeners. Our listeners continue each week. We gain more and more listeners, more and more followers. Thank you for everyone uh, who listens and sends in their questions, uh, tells others about us, hits that like button, reposts uh, our podcast and shares it with others. It's a tremendous blessing for us here. Uh, My wife and I... Uh, go through these questions trying to make sure we have uh, a biblical answer we know we go too long like I am now I'm usually only about 30 minutes Uh, we know people's time is valuable Uh, they will tune out at some point and not listen so again thank you for listening please follow us hit that like button we release our podcast every Saturday morning is our goal Chicago time And uh, thank you again. May God bless you, and may he have the glory.